Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue kingdom of God justice. Read this, Matthew eleven twenty five through 30. Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's get personal, friends. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Do you feel like you're living with a low-grade fatigue that doesn't go away even when you sleep 10 hours on Friday night? Uh, Are you struggling with a level of stress that is always at the barely manageable line and sometimes not so manageable line, uh, but it just doesn't seem to go away? Does any of this hit a little bit too close to home uh, for you this morning? The invitation of Jesus is to live freely and lightly, which, if any of the things I just said are true for you, may seem slightly laughable. Like, that is not the reality of how I'm living my life. It is not free, and it is not light. It is heavy, and it is tiring. But yet Jesus offers us something more in the face of that. Let me throw out this phrase that uh, may make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, but will hopefully help us to analyze our lives a little bit. There's this business phrase, every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. Every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. And I think this can be 100% uh, applied to our lives. Your life is designed to get the results that it is getting. Now, I may not like the results that I'm getting, but I have designed my life to get the results that I am getting. That is the reality of it. If I'm upset with that, what needs to happen? I need to change the system that I've created. There was a poll at the end of 2021 from the American uh, Psychological Association, and uh, they, they were looking into burnout and uh, fatigue uh, across all professions in the U.S. And they said 79% of people that were polled said that they had uh, been dealing with a higher than usual to extreme amount of stress in their workplace in the past month. That's Almost every single person felt like they were dealing with a higher than usual amount of stress in their job. And you may be sitting here and you're like, yes, of course, the past two years, that's what it is. But 36% reported that they were cognitively weary. 32% said that they were emotionally exhausted. And 44% reported some physical fatigue. And this is up 38% since 2019. And barely three years, maybe even closer to two and a half, 
We have gone up by 38% in how exhausted we are across the board in our country. That's insane growth. It's kind of scary growth when you start to think about it. So do me a favor. Look to the person on your right. Just quick glance. You don't have to stare at them. Okay. And now look to the person on your left. Again, quick glance. You don't have to stare at them. And say hi to the wall if that's who you're looking at. Uh, <laughs> now look at yourself. Okay. You fix anything that you noticed at that point. Uh, but here's what I can guarantee. Between the three people that you just looked at, one of you is exhausted. One of you is stressed out. Maybe more than one of you, if we're being honest. That's what it's showing. It's that far spread amongst us. And you're not going to be able to change by simply doing things the same way that you've always done them. Continuing to go along in the same patterns isn't going to fix it. It's going to keep getting the same results, but something has to change. And unfortunately, the thing that's going to change isn't that your life is going to get miraculously easier. I know, that's the bummer of the day, right? Uh, but that is unfortunately the reality. Now, we won't always live in a pandemic, please. We won't always have the same stressors that we've dealt with over the past couple of years. But we're always going to have stress. We're always going to have things that wear us down, that exhaust us, that stress us out. This is always going to be a part of life. That is a reality. We can't eliminate stress, but we can change the way that we respond to the things that stress us out. Are you tired, worn out? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. If you want to recover your life, Jesus is holding out his hand and he's saying, I can show you how to do this a little bit better. And it's not that we all of a sudden reach this, this state of nirvana where like everything's just peachy and we have no issues around us. But it's that we learn to allow him to carry part of the load with us. There was one theologian that said that Jesus' yoke is not lighter because he demands less, but because he bears more of the load with us. It's not going to necessarily get easier, but we have been promised that he will lift it up. He will take part of this load with us. And it's easier to carry weight between two people than it is one. We all realize that. That's pretty obvious. You know, this week I was dealing with this, uh, with feeling stressed out on Monday. Uh, there was an issue, I will say, call it that way, uh, here at the church that was uh, leaving me kind of frazzled. And so I went home and I was still not figuring it out. And I was talking it out and I was analyzing it. And it was just not getting me in a good spot. And so I was like, you know, when the kids, there's always this time in the night where they start watching TV and I can disappear really easily. So I was like, when they start watching TV, I'm going to go to our room and I'm just going to pray for a little bit. And so I did. And as soon as I sat down, I hear a yell from the bathroom. Dad, dad. Oh, yes. The bathroom tub, it's not draining at all. Like, there, it's just sitting there. There's nothing going down. 
Like, okay. So I get up and I go into the bathroom. And instead of spending the time praying, I spend it on my knees in dirty water, like trying to figure out what's going on. Not quite as uh, healthy and relaxing for me. And so finally, like, I have to work through it. It's a bigger issue. I had to call the plumber and get that scheduled. And on top of that, our heat's gone out three times in the past two weeks because the outside, it, it gets too cold and the it oil's gelling. And, and, like, this is the second time I've had to call a plumber in three weeks. And I was already dealing with the work stuff. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I just, so I, I, I finished. I, I tried to disconnect. I went to bed. And you know what? I couldn't sleep. Not at all. Like, it was just bad news. I had too much stuff going through my head at the same time. So I get up the next morning, and I take Sinai to school, and then I went to the gym. I was like, I need to work some of this out, literally. Went to the gym. Then I went to Panera, and I sat down, and I pulled out my Bible, and I just started to pray and to read. Now, I don't say this to make you think that I'm, like, amazing at dealing with this. Five years ago, I would not have responded in this way. Five years ago, I would have spent the entire morning on YouTube looking, for, looking at videos on uh, how to unclog the, the drain. Five years ago, I would have immediately went and tried to figure out this issue at the church. Like, I've learned, though, and I'm learning how to walk with Jesus in this place, learning the unforced rhythms of grace. And it's a process But Jesus comes alongside of us, and he teaches us how to live better. We're in this series called Healed, Healthy, and Whole. And today, I've titled today's talk just simply, Tired and Stressed. It's time for something to change. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to come, and then we're going to jump into uh, the book of James and talk a little bit more about this. So pray with me. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come right now and to move here with us. I know that there's some of us that are feeling exhausted, that are feeling stressed, that the weight of life has added up, and we're feeling it. And I pray that you'll come and uh, relieve the pressure. Come in and bring your spirit. Walk alongside of us. Pray that we'll walk out of here today knowing that you uh, do truly offer to come and to walk alongside of us in life, and feeling the reality of that, feeling your presence as you come and change things. I thank you for your love for us, for your grace to us, and we ask for you to come and to meet us here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, grab your Bibles again, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 12. And it's up on the screen if you want to read it that way. And if you're online, you can always Google it. That's always an answer for you. I just don't want them all to pull out their phones here in the sanctuary because then I'm staring at a bunch of people staring at their phones, which is very difficult. (laughs) Uh, But James 1, 2 through 12. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. 
Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. When down and outers get a break, cheer. When the arrogant rich are brought down to size, cheer. Prosperity is as short-lived as a wildflower, so don't ever count on it. You know that as soon as the sun rises, pouring down its scorching heat, the flower withers, its petals wilt, and before you know it, that beautiful face is a barren stem. Well, that's the picture of a prosperous life. At the very moment that everyone is looking on in admiration, it fades away to nothing. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God the reward is life and more life. James has some really good stuff to teach us about this here, so I want to dig into it. Here's the first thing. Pressure forces things into the light. In the face of pressure, when it's coming down and we're feeling the, the vice tighten, the reality of who we are and how we're living begins to show up clearly. Now, we don't always love that, but it is actually good for us if we keep working on it. It can be a, uh, a really helpful thing if we keep moving through it. Pressure can be good. This process can be good if we do it all the way. So James, and this is, if you're like, I don't like the message, and it's because of this, that's fine. You know, there's some translation things that aren't quite in the clearest way. But James, in this section, is talking about the process of refining gold or silver. So he's talking about when it goes through the fire, and things get really hot, and it starts to melt, and all of the impurities begin to get released from it. You wouldn't want to spend top dollar on gold that hasn't already been through that process. It wouldn't be worth quite as much. You'd have to do a lot of work. But when it's been through the fire, when it's on the other side and the impurities have already been lifted, it's worth, uh, it, it's worth so much more. But gold isn't defined by the process. It's refined by it. And the same is true for us. You aren't defined by being under pressure. You are refined by being under pressure, by the process of being under pressure. What I mean is that the truest version of you isn't when the fire's hottest. That's when the impurities are getting burned off. The truest version of you is when you get to the other side and you make it and you keep going, and you've worked through that thing, and you're becoming more and more like Jesus, and you're becoming more and more pure, so to speak, like gold. That's where the truest version of you is. But you have to go through the fire in order to get it. You don't get it halfway in between. And I think that this purifying process is in many ways brought on by, it's brought on by many things, but I think stress is one of the main things that brings this on for us. Stress puts us through the fire. There's this great book that uh, Sarah uh, threw out to me that's called Burnout by uh, two sisters, Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And they write this. They say, stress is the neurological and physiological shift that happens in your body when you encounter a stressor. Stressors can be anything that you see, hear, smell, touch, taste, 
or imagine that could do you harm. There are external stressors like money, work, time, family, and time. And there are internal stressors like self-criticism, identity, memories, etc. And all of these may be interpreted by your body as potential threats. But having stress and encountering stressors is normal. Every single one of us has them. Again, we're not trying to get to this like weird spiritual state where all of a sudden nothing affects us. That isn't real. Like that's not a possibility for us. But how do we know when the stress that we're dealing with is a little bit too big? Are you aware of when it's gotten a little too hot for you to be able to deal? There's a few things that they mentioned, uh, clues to be aware of. You know, it's things like you keep doing the same like pointless things with your body over and over again, you know, like fidgets you can't control because the anxiety is just too much. Uh, sometimes they can be kind of destructive habits that you just feel like you're not able to control. There's, uh, I like this term, chandeliering. Uh, and that means that uh, <laughs> it, it, you keep stuffing it down and then all of a sudden it blows and you go as high as the chandelier and it keeps happening more and more and more. There's also kind of the opposite side of that is when you're like a rabbit under a hedge. You're too afraid to go out because of the wolf in the yard, except there's not actually a wolf out there anymore. You're just stuck and frozen. You're not able to move. And then there's the reality that our bodies tell us stuff, right? You, you might not be sleeping. Uh, you're having pain in, in different spots uh, that's new. You have stomach issues. Like I mentioned, uh, for me, stress is shown by my sleep patterns, unfortunately, in many ways, because not sleeping never helps when you're feeling stressed out. Um, but that is what my body decides to do to me. And about a year ago, I was, this was on like times 10 for me. Last February, I started having some pretty massive sleep issues. And uh, about six weeks into this, I went for a week where I didn't sleep more than five hours any certain night. Uh, and I was sitting at my desk and like, I just literally, my brain was not functioning. And I was like, this is bad news. I have to figure out what's going on. And I didn't want to immediately jump to medication, although I knew that that could be where, where it took me, but I just wanted to, to work through the process a little bit first. So I contacted a, therap a Christian therapist and, and started meeting with her and, and I said, I just want to figure out if there's something going on internally that my body's trying to tell me about that I'm not aware of that's affecting my sleep. Well, to, to cut out all the, all the deep bits, uh, there was something going on internally that I had no idea that I really needed to work through. And so through that process of praying and working through it month after month for about six months, all of a sudden, Jesus kind of broke through, healed some stuff that I didn't even know needed to be healed from when I was very young. And God really broke the, the sleep issue that I was having like three or four times a week. And not, not only that was I sleeping better, but I was also, I noticed that it's like the pressure had, had gone down a bit. The ball got a little bit uh, less full, a little bit flat, which was a good thing. And I noticed that when things hit, happened that I was able to deal with it a little bit better. Uh, I had more space to be able to process things well. The pressure quite literally became more manageable. James's advice was don't try to get out of anything prematurely 
Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed. Don't try and just avoid the thing that's going on or just keep dealing with these external things. Dig in and work through it well. And again, in this book, Burnout, it says that the good news is, is that stress is not the problem. It's how we deal with stress, not what causes it, that releases the stress, completes the cycle, and ultimately keeps us from burning out. If we can learn to walk through the process, we will be much healthier on the other side than if we keep dealing with these little stressors that are poking at us all the time. And some of the ways that we do this are super obvious, so I'm not going to act like you haven't heard this before. Things like exercising are really good for you. Uh, you know that. Uh, hanging with friends. You know, I do think that one of the reasons that we're so much more stressed out is that socially we haven't been able to spend time with people, and it starts to wear on us. We don't have those normal outlets, those healthy outlets. Spend more time with friends. Figure out ways to be able to do this in healthy ways. It is really good for you. Uh, laugh more often. And yes, that means like finding something funny on TV and just watching it. If funny cat videos are your thing, I guess you can do it more often. That's good. Personally, they do zero for me, but that's okay. Uh, I have my other outlets. Uh, and on the same opposite side of the coin, uh, you know, crying is good for us sometimes. And, you know, so just have that 1993 rom-com that makes you tear up every time. You know, have Sleepless, on, Sleepless in Seattle ready to play. Plug it in and get those tears out. It's really good. Uh, create something. Use your hands. Uh, art, music, build something. Whatever it is, find ways that you can get rid of your stress in healthy ways. Because usually what we do is we stuff it down. We look at our phone for two hours, and then we try and go along with our lives, and that doesn't work at all. Stuffing it and avoiding is the wrong way to deal with life. And if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You know, we're spiritual as well as physical, right? And Jesus is, is encouraging us. We're being encouraged here to go to Jesus. When we feel overwhelmed, go to Jesus. When we feel like we're getting ready to blow, go for a walk and go to Jesus. When you feel like you're stuck under a hedge and you're frozen and you don't quite know how to even take a step, go to Jesus. Invite him into the process and don't keep doing it by yourself. One of the beauties of being placed in a church and community is that we have people around us who want to pray for us, who want to encourage us, who if we're feeling really overwhelmed, we can text and they'll say, they'll start praying for you right away. That's a really beautiful thing. We have things in the church like transformational prayer, which is a ministry that they come and they just pray over you for hours and hours and hours and work on whatever it is that Jesus is working on in your heart. Take advantage of these things. Don't keep carrying these loads by yourself. But what happens if you don't fix it? What happens if you don't change the system that you are living in? Well, James says that the flower withers, its petals wilt, and before you know it, that beautiful face is a barren stem. That's the picture of a prosperous life. The moment everyone is looking on in admiration, it fades away to nothing. I think that's the picture of exhaustion. Faded, withered, gone. 
And honestly, I do think that some of us are more burnt out than we realize. Others of us might realize it, but it's kind of like the check engine light comes on, and I'm not going to ask you to admit if you do this, but I'm sure there's one or two of us who, when the check engine light goes on, the first thought through your head is, how many days can I make it without taking this into the mechanic? Because I don't actually have time to deal with this right now, so I'm just going to keep keep going on, and I'll schedule it for like four days from now. And then you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, smoke starts pouring out of your hood, and it just got worse. That's what happens when we don't take the time to dig in and to deal with this well. If this is you, and you know it is, if it is you, stop living at a pace that you cannot manage. It's not doing anybody a favor. It's not helping you at all. You won't make it, and you will break down. That is just the reality. And you might be seeing that start to happen already. Michael Zigarelli is a Christian thinker, and he he writes this warning. Many Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, which leads to God becoming more marginalized in Christians' lives, which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, and then the cycle begins again. If you're in this cycle, you're not going to burn out once. You're going to keep burning out because you're like a hamster on a wheel. You can't get out. You're stuck, and you're just going to keep going through it over and over and over again. Rich Velotis is uh, one of my uh, favorite authors right now, and he says, as long as we remain enslaved to a culture of speed, superficiality, and distraction, we will not be the people that God longs for us to be. And then T. Wright says, it's only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up to God. Let me be clear. Following Jesus is never the path to burnout. Following Jesus is never the path to overwork, to having too much going on, to not being able to function. That is not what it looks like to follow Jesus. Following Jesus always looks differently. Are you showing fatigue in your body, in your mind, in your soul? There's Here's my advice to us. There's this uh, spiritual discipline that some have, have titled slowing, which I kind of think is like a, a terrible um, title because it's just not catchy at all. But that's okay. Uh, they call it slowing. So this spiritual discipline of slowing, which is basically learning how to live your life at a manageable pace. And I'm going to warn you, some of these practices may make you want to roll your eyes. So if you need to get it out, I give you permission right now. I'll look down, roll your eyes. Okay, thank you. Now, now it's gone. Now we can actually talk about it. And you won't just be like, this is so obvious. Duh. Um, and if you did need to roll your eyes, maybe a couple of these hit you a little bit closer than you might want to acknowledge. Just throwing that out there. Uh, okay, here are a couple of them. Stop multitasking, for one. You know we're not actually good at it, right? We're terrible at it. We're not created to multitask. It's not actually how our bodies are made, uh, our minds are made. We're not good at it. So let's stop it. Let's focus on one thing at a time. Think how freeing that would be. Ah, Instead of driving 
texting one person, making a phone call, and <laughs> trying not to smack into the person in front of me when it's icy and 10 degrees outside, I could just drive. Like one thing at a time. Walter Brueggemann, he says, multitasking is the drive to be more than we are, to control more than we do, to, to extend our power and our effectiveness. Such practice yields a divided self with full attention given to nothing. I don't know about you, but that like hits me hard. I think that that is really true and really powerful and a strong encouragement to stop trying to control everything. Focus on one thing at a time. It is healthy for us. Uh, Okay, let's talk about this thing. Let's talk about your phone. Uh, We are controlled by this a little bit too much. Uh, You don't need to look out look at how many hours a day you spend on it. But if you have an iPhone, you probably just got a notification like I did uh, that tells you how many hours a day you're averaging on it, which can be a pretty painful thing to, uh, to look at. Um, but uh, two, two quick things about your phone. When you're looking at your phone right before you go to sleep and right when you wake up, do you know what you're kind of saying? That whatever is on your phone is the most important thing in your life. That is, it's, it's driving you, it's controlling you. If you, you live in a house with other people for most of us, you probably, if you wake up, good. Your house isn't burnt down, good. Everybody else wakes up. There's probably not too much else that you have to know about in the first 15 minutes of your day. You don't need to find out what's going on in wherever else across the world in the first 15 minutes of your day let it go. Slow it down a little bit. Yeah, look at it 15 minutes later. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, with that social media, what if, what if, think about this. And I'm bad at this too. So I'm, I'm throwing it at myself too. But what if you looked at your, looked at social media one to two times a day? For most of us, if you're on social media, you know that it's not one to two times a day that you're looking at it. What if you cut it down? Now, I'm not telling you how long to spend on it. That's your own choice. But what if you cut it down to just one or two times a day? How freeing would it feel to not be comparing yourself to other people all day long, to not be analyzing what other people think, believe, are doing, to to instead be like, no, I'm just going to actually live life that's in front of me and move forward in that way. And with that, What if you limited your TV, movie, YouTube, TikTok time, your video time? The average American spends five hours a day watching videos. If you had five hours a day more to do something, how relaxed would you feel? We have margins, guys. We're just not using them well. That's really what this is coming down to. You probably do have extra space in your life. You're just filling it with things that aren't helping you to live your life better. Walk slower and drive slower because you're probably not in as big of a rush as you think that you are. And if you spent less time on social media or on YouTube, you would probably not have left your house quite as late. And so you probably would be able to get to where you're going on time. Uh, A couple of thoughts. Uh, Here's a fun one. Take longer vacations. For real. You need to take longer vacations. Add extra days. Stop trying to fit it in on the weekends. It's not good for you. We need more time off. And schedule Sabbaths. Days off, it's a commandment. It's the most overlooked, not talked about commandment in the 10. 
because we're like, we're too busy for this. I don't have time. Take a Sabbath, whatever that means for your schedule. I don't know. If you have kids, it's really hard to take an entire day. I completely understand that reality. But take time where you're not working, where you're not worrying about being productive, where you're relaxing, you're refilling, you're focusing on Jesus. Sabbath sets limits to work. It kind of forces us to acknowledge that my life is not complete. I have not done everything. And that's okay. It never will be. You never will make it all the way through your checklist. That's not a bad thing. We're not God. We can be okay with that. And Sabbath owns our humanity, that relationship is more important than performance, that, pro, that we need to move from productivity to presence, to being present with God, with others, with ourselves. It helps us to rest more deeply. And with this, you know, and I know some of us are immediately going to cringe. You're like, I knew you were going to say this one. We need to learn how to be okay with silence and solitude. Turn off music, podcasts, TV in the background, uh, white noise machines, just so that you hear something buzzing at you, and be silent. It is restorative for us. We need less noise. And be okay with being by yourself. If you're not okay being by yourself, I'm not talking about like for seven days, but for like a couple of hours, then there's probably something deeper that you need to work on and ask Jesus to come and to help you to figure out. Because these are, we're, we're made to be restored in silence and solitude. This is part of it. And pray more, but without a list or an agenda. Just in God's presence. Whatever comes up, pray it, fine. But don't go into it looking to be productive. I gotta pray for these five people. I gotta do these, these three things. No, just go in and sit in God's presence. And I know that you might fall asleep and take a nap and that's okay. That's probably what you needed at that time. That's good. Thomas Keating once said that if your mind gets distracted 10,000 times in 20 minutes of prayer, then it's 10,000 opportunities to return to God. I really like that. That's encouraging to me. It's not about getting distracted. It's about returning, refocusing on Jesus in the midst of it. Friends, are you tired? Are you stressed? Are you feeling it wearing you down? Don't keep doing the same old things that honestly are not working. Change and allow Jesus to be a part of that process. Are you tired, worn out? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Worship team, come on up. Everybody else, let's stand. If this morning you're saying, this is poking at me a little bit, I am feeling I'm feeling the tiredness. I don't know if it's exhaustion or not, but I'm feeling the tiredness. I'm seeing the signs that something isn't working quite as well as it should. My body's giving me hints, you know, whatever it is. I just want to invite you just to open up your hands and I want to pray for us. Holy Spirit, I just ask for you to come right now and restore. 
restore our bodies, our minds, our souls, the ways that we're feeling overwhelmed, that the stress just seems like it's always a little bit too high. Jesus, for, for those of us who uh, I feel like there's, there's some of us that this, this is tied to other people and feeling like we have to keep other people afloat. Jesus, I pray that you'll come and lift that load, walk alongside us, teach us how to love those in our lives well without feeling obligated to, to control what it is that's going on in the situation to make sure that they make it. Jesus, I pray for those of us who are kind of like, I don't know how to live any other way. And the thought of of changing this uh, just seems like too much. I pray for you to give us grace to step back, to, to let go, to walk with you. And Jesus, I pray for any of us whose bodies have been showing us signs that something's just not working. I pray, Jesus, that you will come and bring healing to our bodies, to to pain, uh, to stomach issues, to lack of sleep, to whatever it is that's been showing that something's off. I, I pray that you will come and bring healing. And at the same time, that you will give us space to be able to dig in deeper and to find out what it is that's really at our core, that's, that's, that's kind of off. Give us grace, Jesus, in this. Jesus, I pray for those who are online who are feeling this as well right now. I pray for you to come, Holy Spirit, to fill them. I pray for them to just right now have a, a deep experience of your Holy Spirit that they'll know that you're there that you're moving. I pray that they'll hear you speaking to them clearly right now. Jesus, we love you. I thank you that you're not a God who creates and walks away, but you're a God who keeps moving, who keeps tinkering, who keeps renewing and restoring, rebuilding. And I thank you that right now that you're moving and working in our lives right now. Jesus' name.